0: Today's scripture reading is Psalms 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Indeed, my earliest memories uh, with my friends playing um, baseball and basketball and, and football almost every day growing up. And in high school, I, play, I played uh, all three sports. I played basketball, I played baseball, and I played football. And in case you didn't know it, I was pretty good. I was pretty good because I was pretty fast. You know, I could run pretty fast. I didn't like to run, but when I had to run, I could, and because I was relatively fast, every year the track coach would approach me and ask me to come and join the track team. Now, I like baseball, and I like football, and I like basketball. But I didn't like track, because I didn't like running. And track never made sense to me. You see, in football practice, we ran so that we could get in shape to play football. In basketball practice, we ran so that we could get in shape to play basketball. But in track practice, You ran so that you can get in shape to run. And I'm sorry, but that never appealed to me. I never like running. I don't like running now. I prefer to walk. I did win a race one time, though. I won a race one time in school. And it was actually a speed walking race. Even to this day, my wife will tell you that I walk too fast. Amen. We need to get to where we're going. I don't mind walking. I don't even mind walking fast, beloved. Running or even speed walking may serve us well when we're running in track meets. But I want to suggest to you this morning that running and speed walking are not helpful in the Christian life. When the Bible speaks of the Christian life over and over again, it speaks of the christian walk and when it says walk it means walk you don't jog your way through the christian life you don't race your way through it you don't even speed walk you walk oh as eugene Peterson refers to it as a long obedience in the same direction. One of my favorite books, by the way, and highly recommended. In fact, our teens just recently went through a study on the Christian life and discipleship, and the book that they studied was called The Walk. Because the Christian life is a walk. As Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 and in verse 10, that we are to have a walk that is in a manner worthy of the Lord. A walk, a life that is worthy of the Lord. And with this in mind, beloved, I think it is important for us to understand that you don't run with God. You don't run with God. You walk. You walk with him. This is the testimony of the scriptures from the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible reminds us that God walked in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 5 and verse 22, we are reminded that Enoch walked with God. In Genesis 6 and, and verse 9, we are told that Noah walked with God. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible reminds us, doesn't it, that we are to walk by the Spirit. Why is this important to remember? This is important to remember in this life, you see, in this life of the flesh, in this life of space and time, that we don't get to run through trials. We don't get to run through trouble. We don't get to run through darkness and pain. When I grew up, where I grew up, There's just dirt roads. There's just dirt roads and trees. Isn't that right, Pastor Phil? Dirt roads and trees. There's no traffic. And there are no street lights. And at night, it gets dark. I mean, really dark. And at night, because it gets dark... It also gets creepy. And wait, I grew up at one part of the block and my aunt's house was at the other end of the block. And, And oftentimes at night, my aunt needed something or my mother needed something from her. And therefore, we would have to go down to my aunt's house and either deliver something to her or pick something up and bring it back. And I recall... Beloved, and every time that I had to do that at night, I did not walk to my aunt's house. I ran through that darkness. Unfortunately, when it comes to living this life, you and I don't get to run through the darkness of life. We have to walk. You have to walk. You don't get to run through cancer treatments. You have to walk. You don't get to run through the effects of Alzheimer's and dementia on a family. You have to walk. You don't get to run through divorce and abandonment. You have to Walk. But thankfully this morning, we are reminded that in the darkness, you don't have to walk alone. Thankfully this morning, we are reminded that we have a shepherd who walks with us through the storm, through the rain, through the darkness, and through the pains of this life. In Mark chapter 5, when Jesus tells his disciples to get on the boat and we're going to the other side and he goes into the boat and he begins to take a nap. Beloved, he knew the storms were coming. He knew the winds were going to blow. He knew the waves were going to beat that ship. He knew that in the darkness, his disciples would be afraid. And yet, he got on the boat with them and in the midst of the darkness, he didn't jump ship. When it gets dark, the good shepherd doesn't abandon the ship. He leads, he leads you, he leads me through the darkness. He leads us through the storm. And that's what we're reminded of this morning, Psalm 24. This morning we have the blessing of being reminded that when we walk in this Christian life, the Good Shepherd walks with us. Last week, last week we saw that he is with us to guide us and to protect us. And last week he guided us, and therefore we have our paths. But this week he guides and directs us, and therefore, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have my protection. Last week we had our paths. This week we are reminded that we have our protection. In verse 4 of Psalm 23, even though I walk, doesn't say run, beloved. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. As we come to this passage of scripture as we come to this verse, verse 4 here in Psalm 23, we've come to the midway point of Psalm 23. And like it often does in life, when you meet, when you reach that midway point, things change. Things begin to change in life. Things have changed in the tenor of this psalm. The talk before was of green pastures. The talk before was of luscious fields. There was a boasting of the shepherd who leads to quiet stream and and, and guides us along righteous paths. But now, beloved, as you come to verse 4, the green pastures and the righteous paths gives way to valleys, darknesses, and death before David speaks to the shepherd. And now, beloved, he speaks before he spoke of the shepherd and now he speaks to the shepherd. Before the shepherd was he but now the shepherd is you. You see the difference in the tone that now the psalm takes because there's a different. In the tone reminds us that there is a difference in the tenor of life when difficulty comes. There is a difference in understanding. There is a difference in the way that we pray. There is a difference between those who know about God and those who know God. Reminded here this morning that sheep don't always graze on the hilltops. But every year, the shepherd has to cause them to migrate down and through the valleys. And and these migrations that they need go on are often dangerous and tenuous. There's danger from the elements. The the weather can suddenly change and and quickly the sheep are exposed to the elements and become under threat of exposure. There's also the, the danger of predators lurking in the shadows. More places for wolves and wild dogs to hide down in the valleys. The snakes are not readily seen. Down in the valley where they have to migrate along these tenuous and treacherous roads, there is less food, the vegetation is less plentiful. And yet, through the valley, they need go. And yet, it is necessary to take them through these valleys so that he can get them to the place where the sheep can flourish. But if they're going to flourish, then they need go through the valley. And David understood this. He understood what sheep had to go through. He understood himself to be a sheep. And therefore, he could say in verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, Even though you lead me through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In other words, when I am going through this world of sorrow and sin, of danger and disasters, I have a shepherd. And because I have a shepherd, I have protection. I have protection. There's something to understand about this protection, beloved. This this protection is personal. It's a personal protection. There is an intimacy and an understanding of God that only comes when you have to walk through the trials and the darkness of the valleys of this life. God becomes most personal in the valley. There are troubles and there are trials for each of us, beloved, and those trials and those troubles are personal, And any Christian, any Christian who has walked with the Lord for any length of time knows what it is to have to walk through valleys of personal trials and unique struggles. And it is in those moments that you realize, whether you didn't realize it before, it is in those moments that you realize that you actually have a personal God. Now, when I say personal God, I don't, mean, I don't mean that he is just my God or that he is just your God. But what I'm talking about is and in the midst of trouble, when God walks with me, it seems like at that moment that he's only walking with me. God has a way of communicating in the midst of trouble that when he's talking to me, it seems like that he's only talking with me. He has a way. That shepherd of in the midst of trouble becoming intimately personal. I'm reminded oftentimes of how many of us talk about how we want a closer walk with Jesus. And yet, beloved, I I must tell you that the testimony of Scripture is that those who know Jesus best and walked with him most closely are those who testify to walking with Jesus through heartache and pain, through heartache and trial. This is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, right? He was willing, he was willing. He was willing to surrender all that this world held dear and all that this world thought important for this one thing, that he might know Jesus. He says, Lord, I want to know you. But he knew that if you're going to know the Lord, then you're going to know him in the midst of his suffering in the midst of his trial when jesus calls his disciples to come and follow him he calls them to follow him through the valley through the valley most of us most of us only want to know god on the mountaintops and i get it beloved we only want to know God who gives us wings like eagles to, to, to soar above the mountains and above everything in life. But I want to suggest to you this morning that there is an aspect of God, there is an understanding of an intimacy with the Almighty that gets personal only when you have broken wings. When you've been grounded and can't fly. When you're down in the valley, in the darkness, and that personal God becomes tangible, He becomes tangible in the valley. And you know why God becomes tangible in the valleys? It is because it is there where we look for him the hardest. It is in the valleys that our hearts long for him the most. Could it be that's the reason why the Lord leads his sheep into the valley so that they might thirst for him? so that we might long for him? How many times, or when was the last time, you cried out and longed for the Lord, soaring like an eagle? But let him clip your wings. And the psalmist says over and over and over again. Beloved, there's too many for me to rehearse for you. I could rehearse them all, but I'll just rehearse a couple. In Psalm 18 and verse 6, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. Psalm 118 and 5. Psalm 120 and verse 1. In my distress I called to the Lord. And he answered me. Beloved, it wasn't until Jonah was swallowed up by the fish and Jonah 2 and 1 that the Bible says he cried out to the Lord. Only when it is dark and you can't see your way that you no longer Take the Lord's protection for granted. The shepherd, the shepherd, beloved, is always with you. He is always with you. But it is only in the valleys that we really come to appreciate it. Dr. King once said only when it is dark enough can you see the stars i like to add to that, beloved, that only when it is dark enough do you really see the shepherd. Only when it is dark enough do you really appreciate the Savior. This week I had a friend call me, a pastor friend called me. Almost to the point of tears because his daughter was being rebellious. And he didn't know what to do. Beloved, there are many, there are many val- there are many val- uh, uh, valleys that we go through that are dark. There are not many more dark than rebellious children. There are not many more dark than children. Who go astray and I felt his pain and I listened to his anguish and I could sense his tears and yet I reminded him that no matter how dark he thinks it is or how long he thinks he has to walk through this valley brother you do not walk through this valley alone the good shepherd didn't drive you into that valley he led you there and he is with you and i know it's dark and i know you can't see but i want to remind you that even though you can't see it there are other sheep in that valley too You are not alone the Shepherd is with you and there are other sheep crying out in that darkness too you are not alone brother and whatever you are going through others have gone through it too and so I told him I told him like Kerr Franklin said brother I've gone through the fire and I've been through the flood. I've been broken into pieces, seen lightning flashing from above, but through it all, I remember that he loves me and he cares and he'll never Put more on you than he with you will bear. No, never put more on you than he with you will bear. He is your shepherd this morning. And that protection that he offers is a personal one and that personal protection then should encourage you because that beloved is your preservation you know when he takes you into the valley to protect you he is preserving you through the valley beloved the grace of God is a preserving grace The good shepherd doesn't lead the sheep into the valley only to let the sheep go when they get there. But he leads them. And in the midst of the darkness, he keeps them. The Lord is a keeper. That's what it says, right in Psalm 121 and verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Understand that the valleys are but part of the process. And as Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, trust the process. Trust the process. You thought Nick Saban said that, but no, no, that was Paul. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. The valleys are just part of the process. Trust the process. He's going to preserve you through it. But the the protection that the Lord gives to the sheep in the midst of the valley is not protection from the elements, beloved. The wind is going to blow. It is not protection from the difficult roads. Hard times are going to rise. It is not protection from the assaults of the enemy. The devil knows your weaknesses, and he's going to try to exploit them, especially in the darkness. However, the protection is that the difficulty and the disasters and even the devil himself will not destroy you. The Lord is with you. He is with you. He is with you. That's what, that's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. He says, we've been, we've been through the fires. We've been through the storms. We were afflicted in every way, but we weren't crushed. We were perplexed, but we weren't driven to despair. We were persecuted, but not forsaken. We were struck down, but we were not destroyed. We've been through the fires. The Lord has taken us to the darkest valleys, but he has preserved us every step of the way. Beloved, the problem with the valleys and please don't miss this the problem with the valleys is that when we are in the valley our first and natural instinct is to get out of the valley as quickly as possible and by any means necessary as soon as it gets tough as soon as it turns dark we want to cut bait and run If we have to compromise our faith, if it means getting out of the darkness, then unfortunately too many of us compromise our faith. We'll stop believing. We'll stop witnessing. We'll join with the crowd if it means that the hardship and the trouble will stop. As soon as it gets tough, we run. We run from our marriages. We run. We run from our jobs. We run. We run from our churches. We run. And Jesus says, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. Who told you that? Where did you get that? Did you think that you would follow Jesus and not run into difficulty and trial? Who told you that? Surely it wasn't Daniel. Daniel didn't say that. No one, no one was more righteous than Daniel and did everything good, and yet the Lord still led him into the lion's den. Who told you that? Surely it wasn't Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They stood up for God. They refused to worship the idols and still the Lord led them into the fiery furnace. I know it wasn't Peter. Wasn't James. Wasn't Paul. James preached the gospel and they cut off his head. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 that we are those who by God's power are being guarded, preserved, beloveds, through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this we are reminded and therefore we rejoice, though now for a little time, if necessary, we have to be grieved with various trials. Understand, understand, beloved that the protection is not from cancer. Cancer can come. The protection is not from hurricanes. Hurricanes blow. The protection is not from depression and loneliness. The protection is that he keeps you and I through it all, and therefore you don't have to be afraid when the darkness comes. It's what Isaiah says, it's what the Lord says in Isaiah, chapter 43 and verse 2. Write it down, underline it, memorize it. When you pass through the waters, and you're going to pass through them, beloved, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, and you're going to pass through them, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, and guess what? You're going to walk through the fire. That when you do, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And therefore, you do not need fear. The Lord is with you. His rod and his staff are your comfort and your consolation. He hasn't promised that there will be no pain, but he has promised protection and preservation through the pain, through the loss, through the hurt, through the disappointment. He has promised to be our comfort. He has promised to be our consolation Being afraid of the dark is not an unusual thing. Most children are naturally afraid of the dark. And they have to grow out of it. Unfortunately, many people don't. And many of us as as adults are still afraid of the dark. That's why you can't sleep without a light on. Tell the truth. You gotta have a night light in the hallway a night light in the bathroom. And the reason that is, it's because we need the comfort of being able to avoid any dangers that we think are lurking in the dark. And there are dangers in the dark, beloved. There are dangers in the dark. Don't get me wrong. And the Good Shepherd knows this, and that's why the Good Shepherd says, Don't be afraid of the darkness. I know there are dangers lurking in the darkness. Don't be afraid of the darkness. I am with you. My rod and my staff are your comfort and confidence. It is not a nightlight that the shepherd has. He has a rod and a staff. And his rod and his staff provide protection, provide comfort, provide consolation for the sheep. When the shepherd went out into the field, he didn't take many tools with him. In fact, all he really took was his rod or staff. And the rod warned off the wolves. The staff kept the snakes away. The shepherd standing with his rod or staff allowed the sheep. Confidence and comfort that it was well, that it is well with their souls. With his rod and with his staff, the shepherd stood between the sheep and the danger that was lurking in the darkness. David stood between the bear and the sheep when the bear came to devour the sheep. David stood between the lion and the sheep when the lion came to devour the sheep. The idea here is that with his rod and staff in hand, the good shepherd stands guard over the sheep, standing between the sheep and whatever danger is lurking in the darkness. And when the dangers of the darkness come, beloved, and that will come, when the dangers in the darkness comes, the good shepherd stands between you and the danger, and he says, hammer time, Can't touch this. Can't touch this. These are my sheep. Can't touch this. When the enemy comes to condemn us for sin, Jesus says, no, can't touch this. When sickness and disease comes and it touches our body, Jesus says, no, the soul is mine. Can't touch this. When the ravages of dementia come and ravage the mind, Jesus says, no, the soul is mine. Can't touch this. Beloved, even when death itself comes and seeks to ravage the sheep, Jesus is there with his rod and staff. And he says, Death! You have no victory here. Death! You have no sting here. You can't touch this. Even in the darkest of valleys and in the deepest of Nights, our good shepherd stands guard and says, No dangers in the darkness, you can't touch this. These are mine. Beloved, I hope we understand and we don't get it twisted. The Lord, our shepherd, leads us oftentimes into dark valleys through which we can't run. We have to walk, but he walks with us. He walks before us. He is our protection. He preserves us. And therefore, we need not fear. Even in the darkness, we need not be afraid. Let's pray.